This is episode 23 of Essential Oils by Design. Hi everyone, you're listening to Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Roz Isbell and Nani Chisire, and there's three things that we're both passionate about. Essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Nani. Hi, Roz. So today we are going to be talking about the lines And what, may you ask, are the lines? When you receive your human design chart, you will see that it has written on it profile and it will tell you what profile you are. It will say that you're a 1-3 or a 2-4 or a 4-6 or a 3-5. There are actually 12 different profiles. And each of those numbers that make up your profile, the one and the three or the two and the four are lines. And there are six different lines. And today we are going to be chatting about what each of those lines mean. I think of the lines, or this is how I learned about the lines, is that it's the character or your personality. And so think of that as you're listening to this. It's not It comes out, yeah, I guess it comes out in personality and part of it is something that you might be more aware of or conscious of and part of it might be something that you are less aware of but other people can feel in your personality. And Roz, can you tell us where the lines come from? Sure, sure. So when you look at your human design chart, you will see a couple of columns of numbers. One column will be black and one column will be red. And all of those numbers are represented inside your chart. And they're either red inside your chart or they're black inside your chart, or they might even be red and black inside your chart. When you look at the top two sets of lines, you're looking at the numbers that represent your conscious sun and your unconscious sun. The black number at the top is your conscious sun and the red number at the top is your unconscious sun. And the numbers immediately below them next to the earth symbol, and the earth symbol is a circle with a cross in the middle of it, And the sun symbol is a circle with a dot in the middle of it, usually. So when you look at your your earth numbers, so the earth numbers are the second numbers underneath the sun numbers. You will notice when you look at your conscious sun and earth that they have little numbers beside them. All of the numbers in the chart have little numbers beside them. They're like the power to or the power of numbers. So you might have the gate 39 in your conscious sun and it will have perhaps the number five beside it and you will have the 38 in your conscious earth and that will also have the same number so it will always have the same little number in the case of our example a five beside it so your 38 says 38 five and your 39 says 39 
five as well. They're always the same little number in the sun and the earth. If you go over to the unconscious side, same deal, different little number. It might say 17, one in the unconscious sun and 18, one in the unconscious earth. Now, when you see that, you see that on the conscious side, it says five and on the unconscious side, it says one. That makes you a five one profile. When you look down to your chart, you'll see profile five one. If you've got what I just described very convolutedly, it's not an easy concept to describe, but hopefully you've got what I'm talking about. The two little power of numbers in your conscious sun and your unconscious sun are the same as in your conscious earth and your unconscious earth and they make up your profile and each of those is a line number i would say that for the investigators or people that like to look deep you can use what raz just said about looking it up but it will actually be in the summary and just look at what it says next to profile and look at the numbers that are there it'll be a one two three four five or six right Right, exactly. Okay. Much easier to explain, <laughs> much easier way of explaining it. But as Nani said, there are some of you who will want to know where it came from, and we're going to talk about you guys in a sec. So, what does this mean? As Nani said, it's kind of like the character that you play in a story. Your profile makes up the character that you play in a, in the story, and. You have two numbers. One is your conscious line and one is your unconscious line. The conscious line is one that you will know all about. You will know that that is who you are. When we, when Nani and I talk about what each of the lines represents and you look at your conscious or your first number in your profile, you'll say, yes, that's me. The unconscious number is something that you may not be quite as aware of. Often we have a good sense of it, no matter what age we are, but it tends to be something that is, works more in the background. So Nani, should we kick off now and start talking about the lines? Sure. Lines one, two, and three are called intrapersonal lines. And this means that the energies are all about your own personal experience. So it's energies about yourself and how you experience yourself within these energies. Lines one, two, and three, think of this energy as you learn about things from personal experience. So it's something that like, I mean, think of this as an investigation, you're investigating personally for yourself. The four, five, and six that we'll talk about in a little bit are, they're called transpersonal and you learn them through relationships with other people. I'll start out with line one, and this is called the investigator. And if you were thinking of it as a character, it would be someone that's like a detective or a private investigator or maybe a researcher that really likes to look into things because the investigator line is really curious. You want to know everything. You need to study, explore, question things, search the internet, and go to the depth of information. And the reason you do this is because information gives you the feeling of a solid foundation and you feel secure being able to like do things when you know enough about them. This is like maybe the, the eternal student, always reading and learning and 
just looking into the depth of things. Yeah, they make great researchers and they need to know what has happened. They've got a really good understanding of what has happened because they've been able to research it. The first line tends not to be a real change maker, you know, tends not to be here to create something new and different. They tend to know what's come before and they're here to tell people about that. They're here to tell us about what's happened in the past. Of course, we want to talk about essential oils for each of the lines. So in the spirit of the investigator, I do just want to let you know that when we suggest essential oils, part of it comes from our intuition and, and our knowledge of the essential oils from using them and studying them. We also use a book called Emotions and Essential Oils. It's a modern resource for healing. And so we're definitely taking in multiple factors when we're suggesting oils for the different things that we share with you. So there are plenty of other books that we look into as well, like Desiree Mangendog's book about emotions and essential oils called I Am Fabulous. You'll get Modern Essentials book about the body and essential oils. And we're just integrating and connecting what we know about essential oils to human design. So the first essential oil I'll tell you about is for the investigator, detective, and it's rosemary. And so sometimes when you're investigating, some of the emotions you might feel could be confusion or uncertainty, or even sometimes, I guess, ignorance. But in the investigation, you want to be open and just like learning a lot of new things. So to move from those feelings towards mental clarity and feeling knowledgeable, Rosemary can assist the transition and just support you as an investigator. And Roz has another oil to share with us. Yes, Clary Sage. Clary Sage is one that's come up for a lot for us lately. Because of its ability to help bring awareness and to help to get that sort of clarity that can sometimes be lacking you know if we're feeling a little bit foggy if there's a lot going on for us clary sage can help to pinpoint for you what it is that you're looking for and nani are there any others the last one i would talk about is lemon and i was actually just talking to my business partner who i do the the guidebooks with and she has the line one and she was telling me how as an investigator she really loves digging into the information but it can become overwhelming because she wants to read so much and there's say one topic and four different books that she's reading and how do you like pull out what you really want to know so sometimes she can feel unfocused or maybe fatigued like from all the information she's taking in so lemon can help you and I'd, I would say focus a little bit or like be able to pull out what you need to know to make you feel more solid, have that solid foundation. It can also make you more alert just as you're letting go of the information that you don't need to keep. I guess that's how I would describe it. So yeah, lemon is really good for the investigator. Yeah. And if you know someone who is an investigator or maybe one of your, yeah, I guess if you know someone who's an investigator and you know that that's a strength that they have, people around you will also feel more secure and solid because they know you've done the research. So like they know that you know the other person has done the research. So that's just another cool thing about investigators. That's exactly right. And 
you know, the other thing that we probably should mention is how handy it is to understand your child's profile too. I know we did a whole series on kids. If you're interested in that, that was several episodes ago. Now we did four episodes on kids and human design and essential oils. And we didn't really talk about the profiles because we didn't get into that level of detail. However, understanding your child's profile can really help you to support them and help you to understand them and why it is that they do what they do. So if you've got a child with a one in their profile, consciously or unconsciously, either first or second number, understanding that they need to do the research, they need to know the backstory, they need to know, you know, they need to have their books and their internet searching and go to the library if that's their thing still. Not many people go to the library anymore, do they? But it's it's an important part of who they are. So this is not just about understanding yourself. It's about understanding those around you. So Nani, I'm going to talk about the line two now. <laughs> the line two is known as the hermit. And they are very interesting people. They live in a vortex. What in the heck does that mean? So if you can imagine an imaginary or an energetic vortex around anyone that has the line two, I see it as a bit of a whirlwind around them, but it's not really a whirlwind. That's not part of their personality. It's like this energetic pool which draws other people into it. Now, you just heard me call the line two the hermit, and that doesn't sound like a very hermity thing, does it? The hermit likes to be by themselves for sure. They like to live in their little cave. They like to close the door on the world and shut everyone out. They like to never leave home. But this vortex that surrounds them attracts other people to them. And they, the other people get sucked into the hermit's vortex. They can't help it. And they come to the hermit and they say, come on, come on. You, you've got to come and do this thing or you've got to come out. The, the hermit's sitting there saying, no, no, no. Yeah, so the hermit just sucks other people into their vortex. They can't be on their own for very long. It's funny. I'm actually, I actually have the hermit energy in my design and It thinks it wants to be alone, but it kind of doesn't really want to be alone. It wants to be called out. And this is the the signature, if you like, of the second line is that it gets called out. It's a hermit by itself, but it's continually being called out. And unless it knows what's going on, unless it knows that it has this hermit energy, it can't understand why every time it gets into this alone place, other people come and find it. Another thing about the second line is that always wants everyone to get on. It just wants harmony because if everyone's getting on, they're leaving it alone. You know, it's like, can't you all get on together and then leave me the heck alone? So when you look at your human design chart, if you look at those numbers that I was describing before, and you see that any of the numbers, not just those top two numbers, not just the sun and earth numbers, but if any of the numbers have a line two beside them, a little two beside them, that means that it's uh, the line two energy is going to make sure that that particular energy gets called out of you. And that's how all of these numbers work. They all have an effect on the gates that they show up in. So that's the line two. The line two is a hermit, doesn't want to go out, but continually keeps getting called out. I think during that 
alone time to they're nurturing a unique talent that needs to be pulled out. So it's not like you're just doing nothing. You're, you're going and nurturing yourself, your talent, you're rejuvenating, and then you're ready to be called out. I was thinking of a character for this, and I don't know if I've found the right character yet, but I was thinking of a monk that meditates for a while, and then they're called out and they share what they've learned during that time. Beautiful. So the first essential oil that I would recommend for line two would be cassia, and that's because the line two is sometimes described as coy or shy, and this boosts your courage and value and can let go of any shyness or timidness because it's not you're not going away because you're shy you're going away to rejuvenate and learn something and then your value is going to be pulled out so cassia will help with that and another one which i really love being a hermit myself is black pepper black pepper is the oil of unmasking and it's it's really beautiful i don't know sometimes i think People might be a bit put off by the name black pepper. Why would I want to smell something that smells like black pepper? But black pepper smells divine. It's got almost like a chocolatey undertone to it, I think. And every time I say that to anyone that I shove the bottle under the nose of, they always agree with me. Maybe they feel they don't have any option. But I just absolutely love black pepper. And it can help you to sort of come out when you're not wanting to come out of your cave, when you're not wanting to leave home, when there's a party on that you were invited to six weeks ago and said that you'd go to perhaps under sufferance because you're a hermit, but you know, hey, it's six weeks away. I don't have to worry about it too much right now. But then the day finally rolls around and you don't want to go, but you have to go. Something like black pepper can help you to sort of get out behind the mask, to bring you out and allow you to feel comfortable in that public situation. It can give you the courage perhaps or the motivation that you need to get out. And another one which I think is really good for the second line to have in their arsenal is eucalyptus. The reason for this is because second lines, the hermit energy tends to catch things. (laughs) It tends to get sick really easily. It tends to, whenever it goes out, pick up whatever is flying around. Eucalyptus is the oil of wellness. And if you pop a drop of eucalyptus in with your diffuser blend or in with your essential oil blend that you're using on yourself for the day, you will find that it will help to just keep you well. It will help to support your body so that you don't go crashing down with everything, every single little thing that goes flying past you. Okay. So the third line is called the martyr, but I like to call it the experiential because you're an experiential learner and you learn by experimenting, like by actually experiencing something. So there's no real error when you're doing this. No one really makes a mistake in the line three because you have to experience something to see what works and what doesn't work. And you do this by trial and error. So you might even figure out what relationships work, what jobs work, um, just different things in your life. And you might live a life of adventure and resilience because of this. And you just learn sometimes by bumping into things and people, maybe, would you say throwing spaghetti, Roz? Oh, yeah. 
like throwing, throwing trying things on seeing if they work but the these experiences are crucial for your personal evolution and discovery of yourself so you're not really making mistakes you're just trying stuff on to see if it if it works the character i see for this one is someone like an explorer or a world traveler i even thought of the book you pray love how she goes out and she goes through these different experiences and then at the end she kind of figures out what she wants from all of them that's kind of how i think of it i don't know if raz has some more to add before we tell you about essential oils yeah it can be tough being a third line because like nani says they've never made a mistake in their lives except that other people can think that they have because they're experimenting because that is who they are it can look to other people like you know they never get anything right but this is who they are and this is what they need to do if you are the parent of a third line child if, if they've got a three anywhere in their profile one of the best things that you can encourage them to do is to try things. Just suggest to them to try it, give it a go. And then after they've tried it, ask them if they've learned anything or did they learn anything rather than saying to them, well, you didn't get that right, did you? you know, or, or that went wrong and discouraging them. You always want to try and encourage your third line child. If you're out there listening to this and you are a third line adult, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And to have been encouraged as a child to actually do things and make mistakes is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your child as a parent of a third line. That leads me into the, the first oil that I would recommend is bergamot. And it's because you've probably been told that you're making a mistake, even though you're just trying something on, you may doubt yourself or like get stuck and not try things because you're afraid you're going to make mistakes. But really, as we've been saying, you're supposed to be doing things to try them on. So bergamot helps with self-acceptance, optimism, confidence, and like taking away that self-judgment which actually probably came from other people judging the way you're experiencing things versus what they think society has told us to do. So bergamot is a great one for a line three. So cypress is another one that I would recommend. And it's, it's because, you know, you're just experiencing these things and cypress really helps with trust, flow and adaptability and flowing really helps you when you're a line three because you're wanting to experiment and experience things and so you just need to like surrender to the flow and do it and and I guess even knowing ahead of time that some of the things will work and some of them won't and just flowing with it anyway so you can figure out what you really like and want. Letting go of the judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah and another one Manuka or Manuka, as I've always called it until fairly recently. Manuka is, it's a very precious oil. It's actually from a New Zealand plant. In Australia, we're able to get the pure essential oil. I believe, Nani, am I right in saying it's available as a touch blended with fractionated coconut oil in the States and other places? Yes. Yeah. Manuka is this beautiful oil. It's known as the oil of being upheld. And when you are a line three, you can feel 
a very much a lack of being upheld. So Monica helps when you're feeling wounded and abandoned, when you're feeling disconnected and unsafe and powerless. All of these things are feelings that a third line can experience. It really, you know, I don't want to put too strong a point on it, but it, if you don't feel supported as a third line, it can be tough. So having an oil like Manuka can help you to feel soothed and comforted and cared for and upheld. So I definitely suggest that. And and look, you know, I'm probably describing a lot of people who aren't third lines as well. So if you think Manuka might be able to help you in any of those with anything that's going on in your chart, I would highly recommend it. It is a beautiful oil that I have sitting next to my desk at all times. I have access to Monica at all times and sometimes it's the only thing that will work for me. And I don't have a third line in my profile, but if you do get onto it. So lines four, five, and six are called transpersonal energy, which means you learn it with others in the context of relationship rather than from your own personal experiences. So the fourth line is called the opportunist I sometimes even think of it as the connector. It's a very stable and fixed energy and you like a large network of friends and relationships with people. Sometimes I think of this as like you like to go out and be the networker. And so for the line four, the character that I came up with would be someone like either a neighbor, like if you need support or things, you can use your community to help you really quickly. You can also connect people, but that's one idea. And then the other one, a fourth line profile might be someone that's like a social media influencer and they're using their network to spread the word of whatever they're trying to do. And, you know, you think of it as social networking. (laughs) And so a fourth line, that would be a character that they could take on. Yeah. Your greatest influence, so I've learned this a lot. Roz and I both have the fourth line and your greatest influence is your network of people. You'll get opportunities from your network. And I even find that things can be manifested into the world for me through my network. And so it's it's really all about building relationships with people. You feel like family to other people because this is just who you are and People may feel that you're going to be there for you. You just feel like the heart and service in community and you are the first one to share opportunities. And this is where I think the connector comes in because, and it's probably just from personal experience, I love sharing opportunities with people and connecting. Like if someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer, but I know someone who knows the answer, it's totally fulfilling for me to connect that person with the other person so that they have an opportunity to get the answer from someone who is very knowledgeable about it. So it's just deeply influential in community relationships. Discerning which relationships are correct for you is is really important because that's where you'll find your success. And the last thing that I just remembered, and it is important, is that when you have a fourth line, you want things to be very stable. So you might not move on to the next opportunity until you have something lined up to like go to. So for example, like it it would not be easy for you to quit a job without having a new job lined up. You wouldn't just quit and not know what you're doing. You like to have something lined up before you end one thing. 
And Roz, she has lots more information about. <laughs> Sorry, just an, extension of, just an extension of what you already said, Nani, which is you know, what you were just saying about you know, needing something to move into before you change. The fourth line does not like change for change's sake. It doesn't like to leap into the unknown. It likes to know what's what's ahead for it. So as Nani was saying, the fourth line usually won't leave a relationship until it's got something better. Whatever that might look like, it doesn't leave a relationship until it's got something better to move into. It It will make sure that it's got the next house to move into before it leaves a house. And change can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge for the fourth line. They tend to be very solid people. If you have a child that has a fourth line in their profile, they tend to be not always, This is, please don't write to me with complaints, but they tend to be the sensible ones. They tend to be very sensible and they tend not to be the ones that are running off doing crazy things. They tend to be very solid, you know, the solid ones that people know they can rely on. And just another thing, which I think is really valuable to know, if you have a fourth line in your profile, you are going to get most of your opportunities from your network. Nani's already talked about this, but let's say you have a Facebook page and you're thinking about spending money on a Facebook ads program. My advice to you as a fourth line is that you don't spend money outside of people who already know who you are. So make sure that your ad campaign is directed to people who like your Facebook page and friends of people who like your Facebook page because they're kind of still in your network. If you venture out past your network, you're probably going to be wasting your money. And you can apply that to any situation as far as business is concerned because you really will get most of your benefits, most of your financial opportunities from your network from anyone that you would consider in your network. And it might mean that you feel the best thing for you to do is actually start building your own network. So what about some oils for the fourth line, Nani? I would recommend cedarwood for the fourth line because, you know, the fourth line is all about community. And cedarwood is an oil that helps you be connected, feel belonging, be social. And if you're feeling lonely or aloof or separate and your fourth line, this oil can help you get ready to be connected again. Yeah. And I love geranium for the fourth line because because geranium is kind of all about this sort of loving, trusting situation between people. And I think that's a beautiful oil to help boost this ability for you to reach out into your network and to help them because that's what you want to do, to help them with whatever it is that you have. And the other oil that I think could be really helpful is coriander. Coriander is the oil of integrity. And I think one of the things that the fourth line is known for is this solid foundation, this integrity of the foundation. And I think it's a beautiful oil to help support that and help support the fourth line in being true to themselves, to being true to you know their own integrity and their own intuition and really being able to be strong enough to be there for other people because that kind of is what happens to the fourth line. They do get relied upon by other people. 
And usually they are more than happy to be that person, to be that one. The coriander can help support that. So the fifth line is called the heretic. And I like, a diff- I mean, I guess I like the name for it, but I would say it could also be called a creative rebel or a revolutionary. The character that I thought of for the the fifth line would be someone like, I don't, I'm actually going to ask Roz this because I, w- I want her take on it, but it would be like Robin Hood because you're doing something f- that might be out of the bounds of what's going on around you, but for the greater good, you're trying to serve the bigger picture, the greater good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um. Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. So this energy, and I'll let Roz talk about it as well, but it's mysterious and seductive. And I think the people that I know that have it, it's kind of like this seductive sales energy. And when it's in integrity, it's like they could sell you anything. Okay, one of my kids has it and they can. Um, and if, but if they're not in integrity, then it's like what you think of as the snake. It's funny that we're talking about oils, but like the snake oil sales person. So you can tell this energy when it's in, in integrity. It's like something that you are totally, they believe in. And if you like what you're hearing, you're totally going to be bought in by the, the seduction from it. But how I understand this energy where it can be painful is that but it's a projected energy. And so people might put assumptions or blame on you because they, it's actually like they're mirroring back something for themselves that they need to know to heal themselves, but they go ahead and blame you because they are feeling it and they think that it's you. And I know someone who has this who is a counselor and when she talks to the people that she's helping, you know, sort out their stuff, she said that they blame her all the time. And it was very painful for her because she kind of took it in and blamed herself. So once she was aware that that's how this works, it it was easier for her to separate that. Yeah. And I think, I think of all of the lines, the fifth line is the one that we most want to help to get into alignment. We want everybody to be in alignment. We really do. And when I say alignment, I mean in alignment with the truth of who you are, with your human design. And that will help your life to flow. But if the fifth line is in alignment, then what Nani was describing just then doesn't hurt as much. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens much less if the fifth line is in alignment, if they're strong and in integrity with who they are. But if they're not, it can really, really hurt. And I often describe the fifth line as a, as a mirror ball or as that mirror in the middle of the merry-go-round, you know, the carousel where there's the mirrored piece in the middle and it's reflecting out to everyone what's going on on the carousel. Everyone's looking at the mirror being the person who is the fifth line or has the fifth line in their profile and they're seeing themselves. So the fifth line is the mirror ball and people will see their own garbage when they look at the fifth line. They will see what is going on for them when they look at the fifth line. 
And I think what helps to support the fifth line is by them being in absolute integrity with themselves, by them being strong and by them being in alignment, understanding their human design and who it is that they're here to be, because that will definitely have an effect on the person with whom they're interacting. If the person is looking at a strong, clear, in-focus mirror, then they tend to see a much better version of themselves reflected back at them. But conversely, if they're looking at somebody who's not necessarily feeling strong and in integrity with themselves, that can distort the way that the person who's looking at the fifth line sees themselves. So it's kind of a it's kind of a profile that comes with a lot of responsibility. It's very exalted. It's very esteemed. As far as all of the profiles are concerned, it's here to and I love this term because I don't think anybody really deeply knows what it means, but we describe it in human design terms as being here to universalize. And what does here to universalize mean? My interpretation of that is that it's here to show everybody what it is that they are here for. I think that's probably the easiest way to describe it. They're usually very smart, very strategic people. They make very, very good teachers, especially when they are in alignment. But don't forget that when you're a fifth line, there's not much you can do about it. People are going to see their garbage in you when they look at you. And please, please, please do not take it personally. It's not you. It's not you. But to make your life easier, work on getting yourself into alignment if you're not there already. Yeah, I came across two questions that you can ask yourself that might help you figure that out. And it's, are others seeing traits in you that you don't see in yourself? Because that, you know, if you're taking those on, it might not actually be yours. Yeah, And are others placing unrealistic expectations upon you that you can't possibly meet? Because that's another thing people can do if on to fifth line profiles. So don't, I guess, don't let that pressure you either or sometimes I guess people will be disappointed in you because they put something on you that you didn't even maybe know about or an unrealistic expectation that can't be met but that's also not about you. One of the essential oils that we came up with for being buoyant because you know you just you want to be resilient and express the highest energy in this in this fifth line and so peppermint is a really good essential oil for keeping you buoyant and resilient and rose is a brilliant oil very precious oil but if you're a fifth line grab yourself some high quality rose doTERRA make rose in a touch blend as well as i was describing before with the manuka rose comes in a touch blend and Whilst it's not inexpensive, it's not as expensive as the pure rose oil, but it contains pure rose oil in a base of fractionated coconut, and it's very, very powerful. So if you grab yourself some rose, it will help you to feel healed, feel loved, feel compassionate, because you know you need this this ability to feel compassion for these people who are, from time to time, putting upon you their rubbish. So rose oil is a great one. And another really good one is ginger because ginger is the oil of empowerment. And it can be really good for when you get stuck in that victim mentality. 
and you feel like it's not fair. Why is everybody projecting onto me? It's not fair. And I think it's also worth mentioning that ginger could also be very helpful for the third lines too, giving you the power, making you feel powerful enough to go out and do that experimenting that you need to do, but that you might have had bashed out of you you know, at an earlier age, or you might be feeling nervous about doing. So empowerment is brilliant oil. If, you're, if your profile says three, five, grab the ginger post haste. We're going to give you a bonus for the fifth line because I don't know, resilience is very important here. So melaleuca is another essential oil that you can use for energetic boundaries, respectful connections, and just resilience in maintaining the integrity of who you are. Beautiful. And Nani, you're a sixth line, aren't you? So maybe you should tell us all about what it's like being a sixth line. Yes. So the sixth line, the sixth line actually has three phases in their life. And the first phase, I call this like experiment and experience. And that's from age birth to about 30. And this is where you, if you go back and listen to the line three, you act like a line three during this time. You're experimenting, you're trying things on, you might be in the wrong relationships, you know, have the wrong jobs or wrong degree, or maybe you have the right things, but you've experimented and tried things on just to see how they work for you. And then you move into phase two, which is from 30 to about 50. And you're called on the roof. And I know this one really well because I'm on the roof right now. (laughs) The experimentation stops and the intensity of life slows down quite a bit. Sometimes you may even feel numb, even if these big things are happening all around you. So when you're on the roof, you know, this is a rhyme here for you. When you're on the roof, you're going to feel a lot more aloof. So this is a time of integration and reflection you're taking all these experiences, all these things you tried on when you were zero to 30, and you're integrating them into yourself and trying to figure out what you've learned from them. It's also a period of healing. So this is why I think that you're a little, you're, you feel maybe even more grounded, but you're almost like more grounded into healing and integrating for yourself. And this is my experience. And I think it's the experience of the the three phases. I was out, well, I'm a fourth line as well. So I was like out networking with people, experimenting, doing all these things up until I was 30. And now it's just a slower pace. I'm even maybe more interested in investigating things and reading and being with my with my family, I don't know, maybe it feels more like a second line. (laughs) You're like more in the, maybe a hermit feeling. That's how I would describe it. It's not bad. It's just a little bit different. Like if you don't understand that you're going into this phase, it's going to feel different than how I, I was traveling the world and doing all these things. And now I'm collecting my energy and healing and being healthy and nurturing myself and integrating things. So the last phase is when you are 50 and older, you like step off the roof and become a role model. And this is like a phase of the full manifestation of the light of the role model and you're emerging. And this is where you're balancing your wisdom and your experience. And you've experimented, you've integrated, you've healed and rested, and now you're full of insight. 
and I didn't mention the character here, but I, it's like the sage on the top of a mountain. So you've you probably climbed up really fast. Had a few falls on the way. Yeah, when you were experimenting. And then when in the middle phase, you're like, you're healing your wounds. You're, you're sitting up on the top there. But then you're, you're, you're the sage that people can come to or you can go out and share what you've learned and reflect back on your past experience and take life from a bird's eye view and really see the bigger picture. So... Yeah, so when you're on the roof, life tends to slow down. And it can come as a bit of a shock because very often, I mean, you know, most people don't know about human design and one in four people roughly have a sixth line in their profile. So one in four people will have a life phase of being on the roof. And you, know, you go from being this in- incredibly out going experimental person that needs to sort of kick tires and be out there you know doing life to all of a sudden being this person that doesn't want to go out and I say all of a sudden it's not necessarily all of a sudden it actually does it takes you a little while to climb right up on the roof I love the analogy of being on the roof I just imagine you know, Nani sitting up there on the roof all by herself without anybody around her And um, it takes a little while to get up there. Often you don't actually feel it until you get to around about 35. And you've had this feeling of, no, I don't want to go out. I want to stay here. I want to learn about myself and I want to learn about how I fit into the world. And I want to look back at what I've done and work out why I did it and what was good about it and what was bad about it and, and what I should have done differently. And so you spend this time... It's around about 15 years being on the roof, consolidating yourself, integrating and going inside yourself. And you come out the other end around about the age of 50 and you can actually pinpoint the date. It can be pinpointed when you will come off the roof. But it's usually around about the age of 49 to 51 where you will then become a role model. And you really don't need to do very much at all once you get to that stage. You do have opportunities to have a redo, you know, some of those things that happened to you in the first 30 years. I've heard stories of people who've come off the roof who say that experiences that they had in their first 30 years absolutely replicated themselves again for them after they came off the roof and they kind of had another chance to do it again. So I think that's a really interesting thing, but they don't need to really do anything. And another thing I find really interesting about the sixth line is that they very often, the sixth line craves a soulmate, needs a soulmate. Very often when you see a sixth line with somebody, you know that they are with their soulmate. And usually if they find their soulmate in the first 30 years, they take them with them up on the roof and that's it. You know, they're together you know, for as long as they are on this earth. And sometimes they don't have a soulmate before they go up on the roof. And what often happens is they stay there, but when they come off the roof, they find their soulmate. Yeah. Uh, we'll say it again, but uh, you know, human design doesn't tell the future, but it is interesting that this is what often happens when you're a sixth line. Yeah. I, the one thing I, I just wanted to talk about with coming off the roof, I obviously, I haven't come off the roof yet, but the people that I know that I 
have talked to about human design with that have come off the roof, it can actually, if you don't know about this coming, it can be a hard time because you are going through a big transition at that time. And if you haven't become aware of who you are and kind of deconditioned and followed your human design strategy for your type and things like that, you might feel it very intensely because, I don't know, the universe or whatever wants you to be this role model. And if you haven't kind of like slowly integrated all this stuff, it's going to hit you pretty hard because it really wants you to come off and yeah, be the role model. So just, I, I guess it's just interesting to know this. I'm glad you're listening to this. If you have the six line and you either struggle during that time period, it can happen between like 48 and 52. You're just give yourself some compassion if you haven't hit it yet and you're a six line. It's kind of nice to know that it's coming up and like, I don't know, it's just, it's more about growing, not just struggling for the sake of struggle. So of course, that's why we want to give you some essential oils to help as you go through the six line profile. Yeah, the first one I would recommend is frankincense. And it's because it, it covers the gamut and it can reflect back what you need. And because you're like, so it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter which phase you're in. Frankincense would help with all of them, especially, I guess, during the on the roof phase, because frankincense is kind of like an oil of reflection. And that's the time where you're integrating and reflecting. Maybe you're meditating a lot. This is a great oil to use with meditation. So yeah, that's the first oil I'd recommend. So marjoram is another oil that can be really good for the sixth line, particularly when they are in that roof phase. And if you're wondering what oils the sixth line should use in the first 30 years, I'll refer you back to the oils that we discussed for the third line, which are bergamot, cypress and manuka, because these are the oils that are going to help you with that experimental period. But once you get up on the roof, marjoram is a lovely oil for supporting you because you can actually become quite aloof when you are on the roof. Marjoram can really help with this sort of emotional aloofness or distanceness. That's not a word. It can help you to feel a little bit more connected. It can help other people to feel connected to you as well, particularly with those close relationships where you don't want to be pushing people away. You're on the roof, but you, your immediate little tribe can be very important to you. And so it gives you this ability to sort of be a little more mellow and not so, not so aloof. And the other ones, the other oils, and it's kind of like a little group of oils that we like for the sixth line as well, are the furs. And I think these can be used right through the sixth line's life cycle because the furs are very much about generational change. doTERRA have three different furs. One of them, I'm not sure if it's widely available anymore, but there's white fur, there's Douglas fur, and there's Siberian fur. And all of the furs help with generational change. And they help with sort of moving back through your own personal lineage, if you like, but back through your own lifespan and clarifying and clearing and making, you know, bringing into alignment your own life, 
your own life experiences and where you are up to. So I think the furs can be really helpful for the sixth line because they are going through these three very distinct life phases. And I also just wanted to say this, this has been a long episode and I hope you've stuck with us to the end. There is so much more that we could tell you. We could make this episode three times as long. We don't want to abuse the privilege that we have of, of your time. So please know that we've just kind of skirted around what information the lines carry, but we've definitely given you the big pieces of the puzzle. So if you did want to go deeper into it, then you can certainly do your own research. You could have a reading and find out more about your type. There's lots and lots to know about profiles. So put your profiles together, have a look, listen back to this again and and just see what that means for you. But hopefully this has been helpful information. And Nani, I believe your zines are available now. Yes. (laughs) I thought you were going to say no. Um, (laughs) By the time this posts, they should be. So like in partnership I have with Roz, I'm in partnership with Emily Vino, who's an artist, and we've created guidebooks. I call them visual guidebooks for your human design type because they are artistic images that portray the different facets of your type along with digestible content. And we really honed in on what we think you should know about each human design type. And Emily's artwork is beautiful. So it's just this beautiful, beautiful, simple way to learn about the five human design types. And they are stunning. And they are chock-a-block full of great information because I have seen them. They are really beautiful. So definitely check them out. If you are interested in learning more about your type or if you want to show somebody else who they are, they would make a brilliant gift. They're just gorgeous, Nani. Congratulations to you and the beautiful Emily for creating them. The work that I do with Emily, we actually do it in collaboration at humandesignpdx.com. And so you can get the zines at humandesignpdx.com backslash shop. But if it's no problem, you can go to my website and my, where you, when you click on human design, all of my human design stuff links directly to that because of our collaboration. Thank you again for listening. We're growing our listenership and that's awesome. If you want to help us to continue to grow, you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Or if you have any questions or are interested in learning more about human design, you can go to our websites at findyournaturalgroove.com for Roz. And you can book a reading with Roz if you want to know more about your personal profile. Or you can go to my website at beyouwithnani.com. I post blogs on there and I post a lot on Pinterest. So it depends however you want to learn more about human design. If you don't already have essential oils and you are interested in getting some, let one of us know and we'll help you out. We both have doTERRA businesses. So thank you again for listening and we look forward to talking with you more. Bye, Roz. Bye, Nani. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.